0: Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to a Budapest Beacon podcast. I'm Ben Novak. Joining me in the studio today is Anton Shakovtsov. Anton is a fellow with the Institute for Human Sciences in Vienna and the author of a new book Russia and the Western Far Right, Tango Noir. Anton, thanks
1: a lot for coming by. Hello, Ben. So how long has this been going on? If we're talking about the current relations with the uh, between Russian actors and the far right, we can also speak of the relations that the Soviet KGB had with the Western far right. And that started, I would say, since the end of the Second World War. Despite the fact that the Soviet Union posed as the anti-fascist state, the KGB was covertly and secretly Cooperating and collaborating with the extreme right, with the fascist circles in uh, West Germany and Austria. So, this is a very long. Uh, There there is a huge legacy of cooperation between Russia and the uh, far right in the West. What interest was it of the KGB to get involved in this? Well, the KGB was interested in using the far right in order to undermine the liberal democratic consensus that started to form after the Second World War. So they used uh, their context with the the far right in order to bring disbalance, in order to bring chaos in, in West Germany and Austria. That was the point. And so we see that this has
0: continued, obviously not as the Soviet Union, but with Russia nowadays and the Western far right in Western Europe and in the United States as well. So what does this relationship look like now? Well,
1: in contrast to the Cold War, uh, basically in contrast to the uh, post-war period, uh, when the relationship on the Russian side or the Soviet side where the far right was very much centralized. It was the, uh, the uh, approach that involved the KGB and that was the only institution in the Soviet Union that dealt with uh, the Western far right. Now we have a lot of people and institutions that are not necessarily directly related to the Kremlin, but who are managing and coordinating uh, those relations. They they are trying to look useful for the Kremlin and the Kremlin being the ultimate manager manager of the resources Russian resources. So these people who are dealing with this context they are trying to sell. Their own products, their own projects with the far right to the Kremlin in order to have some sort of uh, benefits from the Kremlin. So, what's the idea behind working with the Western far right then? Working with the with the far right, it's uh, well. First of all, it's a plan B. So, what is the ultimate goal here then? Well, for for the Russian side, for the Kremlin side, not the for those groups. Um, I think the ultimate aim is to have the sort of new Yalta agreement. With the West, where Russia would have its own f- sphere of influence and the West would not be intervening in the internal matters of the Russian Federation. And they, they pursued two strategies. I mean, the Kremlin is pursuing two strategies here. First is to work with the mainstream and uh, try to corrupt the mainstream. If it does not be there, how do you do that? If you're well, Russia,
0: how do you corrupt the mainstream in the West? It's,
1: it's usually through business links. So energy uh, contracts, energy contracts, laundering money in the West, etc., uh, etc. Cetera, et cetera. So there are lots of ways how how Russia can corrupt mainstream, and in particular uh, cases, I think it's quite successful. And basically, corruption of the mainstream in the West it also undermines liberal democracy because liberal democracy is not about corruption; it's about you know values, at least. Um, the far right in the West is undermining the unity of, well, first of the European Union, then of the transatlantic relationships. What Putin's Russia really fears is the unity of the West, because I think that uh, Russia has enough capabilities and enough powers to not occupy, not to invade, but to corrupt and undermine any particular individual country in the west. What it fears is the unity. When you have a block of countries like the European Union or NATO or this economic block of the west, then it's very, very difficult for Russia, almost impossible, to undermine it. So it needs to subvert the unity. It needs to deal with every Western nation, you know, on an individual basis. And this is how Russia could survive and undermine those democratic societies. So how do you break the unity of the West? So let me just give you a quote from one of the uh, hawkish representatives of uh, Russian actors, And Alexander Bovdinov, the student of Alexander Dugin, this notorious Russian fascist, in 2015 wrote this line. Acknowledging the civilizational nature of the conflict between Russia and the West, we aim at destroying the West in its current form as a civilization. Therefore, having recourse to the use of existing networks, we should give priority to those that are themselves directed at the destruction of modern European civilization identity. Groups that can act in this capacity include totalitarian sects, separatist movements, neo-nazi and racist movements, anarchists, anti-globalists, radical ecologists, euroskeptics, isolationists, illegal migrants, etc. This is exactly how the West operates, using against Russia, liberal and human rights non-governmental organizations whose ideology is destructive and pernicious for the Russian civilization. So you have these people, not necessarily connected to the Kremlin directly, but who are trying to sell what they can do to the benefit of Russian foreign policy. And these people are, I would say, they are mining for subversion of the liberal democratic order in the West. Are these just random people? Are, are who do they have? You know, an, a prestigious
0: academic background? Are they are they think tank leaders or you know where do they come from?
1: oh uh, they come from all the institutions that are involved in the attempts to undermine the West. There may be hackers, They may be academics who would travel to the West and, and communicate the uh, pro messages, they can be journalists, uh, they can be I don't know, uh, coordinators of those foreign uh, conflicts.
0: I would hate to make a generalization and say that all Russians see the West in this way.
1: No, 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 no. Even in the in the diplomatic uh, core of, of the Russian Federation, you would have doves. You would have people who don't really approve of a more aggressive approach towards the West. But there are people in the Russian Federation who really see that the West is waging a war on Russia, and they want to retaliate, and they are engaged in particular operations and activities. And I can name some of these activities the major forms. Well, first of all, it's corrupting Western businessmen and politicians. Then you have conducting cyber attacks on Western institutions, hacking Western institutions, and publishing sensitive materials. I'm American. We don't know anything about that. Right. <laughs> Uh, they could be involved also in spreading disinformation, the official and alternative media. They could be involved in amplifying Western disinformation, Western mean originating in the West, uh, like fake news and conspiracy theories. So they would be amplifying these messages via the help of uh, troll factories. They could be strengthening the criminal networks operating in the West because there are a lot of criminal networks coming from Russia, but they would also be helping uh, other criminal networks, which also brings um, a bit chaotic development in the West. They could be involved in training, or contributed training of paramilitary groups. And we have evidence... We've seen things like that happening in Hungary. Not only in Hungary, we have evidence that this is happening in Slovakia and the Czech Republic. So there is clear evidence that this is happening. And of course, this is about support of the liberal forces, not necessarily the far right, but also the far left. So tell me a bit about about,
0: uh, English language, Russian government-sponsored media. What function do these media outlets serve in this broad strategy that you've just outlined for us?
1: Well, they're trying to bring confusion in the West. Uh, The the reports of, of RT, Uh, they are not only confusing, but they are promoting the message that the establishment, that the mainstream in the West is lying to their own societies, to their own people. It doesn't necessarily directly contributing to the support of the far right, but this is about distrust towards the mainstream. This is distrust towards the establishment, and this is also distrust distrust towards the established media. The idea is that you believe no one. It's not it's not necessarily that you believe the Russians. The idea is that you believe no one and that you're confused. If you're confused, you don't buy an argument that you you have to somehow live up to your values or the values of the European of, of the European Union or the values of the West. It's just there are no values and then everything is possible. Do you see this actually taking a foothold in the Western world? Well, it's very hard to say that... It's very difficult to say that it's only the the uh, uh, well, the doing of the Russian media because... I'm sorry to cut you off here, but we do see
0: this in Hungary too. Um, we see the proliferation of fake news that just happens to justify pretty much everything that Viktor Orban holds to be true in his own worldview. Uh, in some cases, it goes hand in hand with Russian propaganda.
1: Well, you... you correctly mentioned that uh, your prime minister believes in the news or fake news that are being spread in Hungary, in the Hungarian language. Uh, this is what I'm saying, that it's very difficult to say that it's all the Russia doing, or they're doing on the Russian media, because in any Western society, you have these weird people who would uh, spread disinformation and conspiracy theories, and they would do this Without any Russian interference, what 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 the Russian actors are doing sometimes with the with with RT and Sputnik News and some other resources, they are amplifying the disinformation message. They make it more visible. Then may then they even make it more mainstream in a way because uh, nobody. Um, People who are watching RT, they, they are not perceiving RT as uh, alternative media. They're perceiving it as a mainstream media. You can go to a hotel room and you can switch on the TV and you, you will see your RT reports running there. So it's sort of mainstream, but it's alternative mainstream. They are amplifying these messages. They are amplifying the fake news. Uh, We can talk uh, about uh, other countries. I think the the German example is is very good here because uh, in the run-up to the parliamentary elections in Germany, we saw that RT and Sputnik was was, was essentially uh, campaigning for the far-right alternative for Germany amplifying the messages, the anti-immigration messages, anti-Merkel messages, and that worked pretty well in my opinion.
0: Are there any other ways in which the, the Russian actors cooperate with the Western far-right? So you mentioned earlier the fake uh, electoral ob- observations. Just on the side note, why is that important?
1: It's important because that was the first stage where you would have Russian actors with very good contacts to the Russian establishment starting to cooperate with the far-right in the West. And that was stage one of the entire range of cooperation And that started in 2004-2005 with the appearance of uh, very much pro-Kremlin, pro-Putin so-called NGOs or fake NGOs. They started to provide service for the Russian state in the area of fake electoral observation. And that started in 2004, 2005. What you mentioned, the media engagement or the engagement uh, of the Russian media with the Western far right, that, that was stage two. And that started in 2008, 2009, where you would see the increasing number of far right activists, Western far right activists, cooperating with Russian media, not only international Russian media, but also domestic Russian media. So, what does this cooperation look like? Well, they would invite. Uh, far-right activists to comment on, on Russian foreign policy, and they would be justifying everything that Russia is doing.
0: Would they be saying that, hey, I am also an activist or a politician with a Western far-right group?
1: Oh, no. They, they would actually conceal the affiliation of those commentators Uh, They would say that those are just members of national parliaments or the uh, members of the European parliaments. They would omit the credentials. They would not be trying to describe those people as coming from the far right, because obviously Russia is posing as an anti-fascist state. And they don't want to have this direct connection to the extreme rights, you know, to the fascist circles. So they would just omit that, the, the, those connections. Uh, and stage three, in my opinion, started in 2011-2012 uh, when Putin's Russia had to react what it thought was a direct attack on on, on Putin's regime from the West, and there was a combination of factors. The, the anti-Putin protests in 2011-2012, the Arab Spring, and also the adoption of the uh, uh, Magnitsky List, that was the, the a major list of sanctions uh, against Russian officials for the violation of human rights in Russia. And that was the start of a very, very active cooperation uh, between Russian officials and the Western far-right. That was stage three. And the stage four uh, started quite recently, I would say in 2016, and that was the institutionalized cooperation between the United Russian, uh, the United Russia Party and particular far-right parties in the West. First and foremost, the... Uh, Freedom uh, Party of Austria, and the Northern League in Italy. You lay out these four stages of Russian
0: actors cooperating with with the Western far right, um, and it ends here at these at this party, uh, this party cooperation, co- cross party cooperation, united Russia with other far right parties in Western Europe. Is there another stage? Where do we go from here? What is the next level of Russian cooperation? Well, the
1: potential stage five that would be really destructive, uh, in, in, in my opinion, for, for the Western unity. And I, I imagine stage five, I hope it actually uh, never takes place, but uh, if we are going from stage one to this potential stage five, that would be a far-right pro-Kremlin party coming to power In the European Union. Okay, we've got we're checking boxes here so far. What I mean, the stage five is a far right party, a pro Kremlin party coming to power in a Western in a Western nation, and say uh, blocks the uh, prolongation of the sanctions regime against Russia, and that would be stage five, where you would have this far right pro Kremlin connection being put in operation, being put into effect.
0: Okay, we'll wrap this up with one final question now. You and a handful of other researchers have been writing about this phenomenon. You've proclaimed a diagnosis that puts a name on what we're seeing here, but the question is, what do we in the West do about it? So how do average folks like Charlie Brown and myself uh, fight back against this?
1: I think it is very important to understand that Russia is not creating new problems in the West. It is exploiting the already existing problems. It is exploiting the weaknesses of Western societies. The best way to protect yourself is to deal and address the problems in Western societies. Uh, There are a lot of problems in the European Union. You have to deal with them. If you address these problems, then Russia would not, Putin's Russia would not have so many opportunities to exploit your weaknesses. So I would say, the mid-term, and long-term perspective, it's about dealing with the problems that are characteristic for the European Union and characteristic for the West. In the short-term perspective, I think it is about strengthening the uh, Western institutions. Uh, trying to deal with corruption, uh, to become more transparent, and this is what you, what what the West has to do, because this is how Putin's Russia can manipulate you. Thank you to our listeners
0: for tuning in, and be sure to pick up a copy of Anton's new book, Russia and the Western Far Right Tango Noir. Anton, thanks a lot for coming by. Thank you, Ben.